Welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kels. And today, we're going on an adventure, man. It's Neon Genesis Evangelion. Lord. First off, Kai, how you doing? Uh, eh, no words, really, just <laughs> to describe this whole nebulous state of mind that I'm in right now that has got me fried like a sunny side up egg. Yeah, man. This is this is the exact vibe that Evangelion leaves you in. It's like a weird, exciting, gross slime that stays in your mind, making you ask questions of one, what the fuck did I just watch? And two, what does it all mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um it I you know, it is a lot. So let's get into it cuz it's a lot. Yeah, man. So Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.101 Thrice Upon a Time, the last rebuild movie just released to the States on Amazon Prime. Yes, and what an experience. First of all, I gotta say, it took a long time getting here. So long that I had to rewatch the OG series in preparation. But oh my god, yes. And man, and I'm, am I happy to be here? You know, the end is crazy to say. The end of Evangelion is like, whew, like Evangelion, I guess, to say it correctly. So I put respect on his name. But there's a Bruh. lot. I'm like, we just got to like jump into it. Like, I know on the script you got like basic plot synopsis, but have fun with that. That's all you. I can't. All right. <laughs> I can't all give right. you a basic plot synopsis. Like, all right, first off, off the top, want to make sure if you want to watch Evangelion or haven't watched any of Evangelion or haven't finished Evangelion or any of the above, you haven't like completed Evangelion, be forewarned. We're going to spoil the shit out of this. So heads up. Now, basic plot synopsis of Neon Genesis Evangelion. We've got Tokyo and basically the entire world, right? is under attack from this alien force known as angels that are coming to destroy the human race. And the humans have to put up a fight against them. That's the basic setup. The humans fight against these angels with giant robots. Yes. But at the most basic level, shit immediately gets intense and strain and mysterious what are these giant robots what are the angels why does nothing humanity has on a basic level do anything except for the giant robots how did we make the giant robots who why are they piloted by children all of these questions are mildly answered in the first 26 episodes of the og anime yes um well the OG plus, like, the first movie. I feel yeah, like you the, got the, the end of Evangelion. Cause yep, the OG anime plus the end of Evangelion. Yeah. There's a move, there's a recap movie. It's called Death and Rebirth. Or at this point, if you go watch it on Netflix, it's like Death Squared or something. It's a recap film with some additional scenes and animation that was cut. Just to kind of recap everything from the anime to get you ready to watch Andy Evangelion. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's maybe I should have watched that instead of going back and watching the whole twenty six. But um, well, I would I would argue right now, um, going back and watching uh the Death and Rebirth, and even End of Evangelion. If you don't already know what's going on, Death and Rebirth is not going to help you comprehend what's going on. Yeah. So it's not a like not a good way to be a first time view of the Evangelion story. Yeah. As a recap, okay, I appreciate it only having just been like an hour, hour and a half on it and like get up to speed with where we are. But um yeah, for a recap, if you know what Evangelion's about, not not that bad. But uh not a first time experience kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's like a very intrinsic psychological look into the mindset of this burden that is thrust upon these children, the people who, you know, implore these children, the scientists, the commander, the captain, the whole inner workings and the politi- like the politics of these giant robot battles, you know, it's and Evangelion was not the first to do the giant mecha, of course. Um, Gundam, I believe, was the first, but that could have been someone before Gundam. But, like, it was never delved into, I feel like, like Neon Genesis does. Like, they're so... Go go ahead. No, totally. Um, Neon Genesis Evangelion was at the right place for giant mecha to really deal with stories like the genre had evolved to a point where you can simply go beyond the uh this nation wants to fight this nation and you can deal with existential dread and drama of humanity in a way that never has been really portrayed before because you know back in the earth you know the 90s and the 80s you had these kind of robot animes with gore like that was a thing but really neon genesis evangelion was one of the shows that took that kind of experience and made you think about it beyond just i'm going to see guts and blood yes you're gonna get guts and blood but you're gonna get guts and blood that doesn't feel good and makes you think about the challenges and existential dread of life and that's one of its greatest aspects is it's honestly not a good time. I mean, it makes you go, oh, shit, throughout the entire runtime. But like you got to be in a in a right mindset to really like experience it and enjoy it for like that challenging aspect, because if you're not, you're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to have a good time. And you know what? You don't have to. You don't have to enjoy this. It's okay, because it's kind of gnarly. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, it's not. It's um, like, it's definitely one of the things that you show someone when they say, "Oh, anime is for kids," like, or anime is a cartoon. Which you know, no, nothing against cartoons, of course, but like, Evangelia is definitely something that you have to be mature. Or I would say, I would not like you. I, you got to be mature to watch it, and you also have to be in the right state of mind. I feel like I would not recommend this to someone who had like severe depression, or like I mean, maybe I would, but like at the same time, I wouldn't. I don't know. It's like yeah, it it's a challenging, it's a challenging 
piece of media because it's one of those things where it can make you feel terribly alone. The bleakness of the universe, the existence of mankind can simply come to an end and who can blame this unstoppable force. Like the futility of man fighting against the angels that just keep coming, nor simply using children as the solution to our problems, but how long will that last? And like the inner workings of the politics behind the scenes that are causing all of this stuff to actually happen. It's like, oh my God. And how like only one person knows the true story of everything that's going on, which is wild, you know? Um, I really also enjoy like the sim like the religious symbolism that is in Evangelion. Like it's very it deals with a lot of biblical terms in like religion. Like and really deals with, like, the humorous of man, which is something that a lot of people, I feel like, are afraid to delve into. But you literally have, like, a group of people trying to play God, and that comes back to smite them by their creation destroying them. Multiple times, which is wild. So let's get into the kind of the story, right? Yeah. So we've got our main character, Shinji Ikari. He's this 14-year-old kid who gets called up by his dad who says, come to work with me. And he's like, well, I guess I ain't doing anything else. I'll come. And then he gets involved in crazy giant robot battles against alien forces that want to exterminate Earth. And only he, along with, at this point, one other child, which grows into two and three and four other children, can possibly put up a fight against this alien menace called the angels and gendo ikari currently holds the office of anime's worst dad agreed i think that's like a general synopsis in the anime world that like there is like there's not even a close second like you can't even like worst dad arguably like worst husband as well when you really think about it like because he didn't even understand what his wife was trying to say or do. Which, again, speaks volumes to me of how much of just, like, a diluted person he is. But, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, yeah, it's, it's the story of, you know, basically Shinji trying to get his dad's approval um, through doing things that he doesn't really necessarily want to do because he's too timid and shy to like find himself or do things for himself and you know throughout this whole show we see shinji get shit on the entire time yes about being a little bitch yes right rightfully so and that's kind (laughs) did you say rightfully so i did i ain't gonna lie i got i got opinions I mean, and and that's kind of the vibe from the community is that Shinji is just a little bitch, depending on how, you know, how much of a weeb and a fucking snark you want to be. Um, you're okay. You're not wrong. All right. I want to say that you are not wrong. However, there are reasons. So our character lineup at some point in the show, we get Shinji, the, little, the tragic little bitch. Yeah. The we third get children. We get Asuka, the one who wants to be the best and wants to get approval from being the best. Second children. We have Ray Ayanami, who's not even real. The first children. 
And then we get Kaoru. Kaoru. It's a fun name. I love the character. Just can't fucking pronounce this shit. Yeah, air quotes. <laughs> the fifth children. Air Ka- quotes. Kaoru. Um, and depending on what show you watch, the fourth child being... Um, What's his bucket? Yep. What's his bucket? <laughs> Ragey Which, or something, maybe? Um, shit. Hold on. Uh, even unit unit four, not unit four, unit three. That's the thing. The numbers just don't seek up to the children. I'm like, why? Why do this? Toji. Yeah, Toji. Toji Surahara is, his, uh, is uh, Shinji's friend from school. Yeah, he want in the OG. He's the the, four, the third or the fourth child, and he gets blown the fuck up in the rebuilds, which is the different. Like, we'll get into this in just a moment. In the rebuild, he's not the fourth child. He goes off to live his own fucking life, which is exciting. Yeah, I was hype about that. Um, but the biggest thing between the the children that are chosen, along with literally everyone in this show, is. Nobody is okay. True. True. Nobody. Like, not a single person, actually. Like, you think that there are some people who's okay, and then you realize they're not. Like, the one arguably okay person is the friend with the glasses. Maybe. Oh, only barely. Um, I know who you're talking about. Um... But not really, only because he's just some schmuck that winds up having to live in a world ruined by Gendo's dreams. Yeah, you're right. So, equally as trash, I suppose. Um, Kinsuke. Kinsuke Aida. Yeah. Got what we're talking about. Yeah. Kinsuke. But yeah, like, like, not fucked up from parenting, but like, yeah, lives in a world where nothing's okay and he has to deal with it. Yeah, so, like, yeah, no one's really okay. Um, and this whole group has to fight these angels. There's the first angel all the way to, um, well, I guess we should get before, before that. There's just, there was this event called the second impact, because we don't really hear about the first impact that much. Um, but the second impact, which is a angel basically touching down to Lilith, like, it's... The impacts in themselves are like kind of confusing, as I realized. And like, so is the entire plot. Yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> so, because <laughs> each impact is something different, so there's not really a way to categorize what the second impact it, was. Because it all kind of it, it it happens the same way. It's just in different locations for different people at different times, like. The impacts are, I'm not going to even begin to try to, to like explain these for real, but it's like when, <laughs> okay. So first off, imagine all of humanity comes from one source of life, which is Lilith. And imagine these aliens that keep attacking us and trying to murder all of humanity. They come from a different source of life, Adam. And these two sources of life cannot live in harmony. You're always going to fight, right? But imagine, imagine, Adam and Lilith, or their byproducts, touch each other, and then blow the fuck up for one man's dreams. And that's basically, unless I'm totally wrong, an impact, right? 
So the second impact happens because humans are fucking dumb. They did it to themselves. Yes. 100%. Happens. Yep. Happens in Antarctica because there is scientists doing scientist shit because they don't know better than to do science. And they blow a bunch of shit up. Like all of Antarctica. Yes. All of the penguins. Yeah. Except for one. It's the South Pole completely, completely destroyed. The ecosystem completely changed. And then we wind up with the third impact, which all of the OG anime is trying to avoid until we wind up getting it. The third impact is goal is the human instrumentality, the combining of all human consciousness into a single being. That's the evil plot. And despite everything and all of humanity's odds, it was all caused by people anyway. It wasn't the angels that did this. It was dumbass humans who caused humans to become Tang. Yes. Which is, again, another thing about Evangelion. It's like the worst, like, it's even said in, I think, one of the episodes on later 20s. It's like, we feared the angels, yet man is the final angel. Like, man being the true enemy. When the SFJ comes in and starts, like, blowing stuff up, they're like, okay. Yep. So it was man the whole time. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Because, you know, the secret society of uh, Sele wants to just turn everybody into Tang. So, somehow, Gendo, the world's worst dad, is in on this. Because his only goal is to reunite with Shinji's mom, Yui. Now, here's a big reveal. The Evangelions are made from the children's moms. That's how that works. Ava Unit 1 has the spirit, the soul of Shinji's mom. Can it get any weirder? Yes, because Rei Ayanami is also the visage and the byproduct and all of this crazy other shit that actually explains what's going on of Shinji's mom as well. She is the exact image of Shinji's mom, which is extra weird. It's wild. Like, and so it's like Shinji feels at home with his Ava and with Ray because they're both fragments of his mother. Well, which plays into like Asta's story as well. Like she can't like she has this whole arc in the OG where she can't like sync with her Ava, but at some point she like at the very end she gets it together and like realizes, oh my gosh, mom, you're my right you're my fucking giant robot, and like the sync rate goes through a billion and they murder a bunch of Evangelians. See, I didn't like pick up on that until you just now told me that. Like I never picked up that Zero two or wow, wow, wow. Uh, Ava just, unit O two. I know, but I just blew my mind that zero two is literally Oscar from Drawing in the Franks. But anyway, like literally it's so plain because zero two Oscar O two, like any, Wow. I just like whoa, wow. <laughs> but okay, I gotta focus on this. But Oscar Even Gillian. Yes. The thing that everything's based on. <laughs> yes. And we'll get into this one a different day, but Asuka's mom being her Ava blows my mind. Like I didn't, I didn't notice that. Like either time watching it, like holy crap. Yeah, man. And it's one of those things where it's like, how? 
But so everything goes off except the humanity still fighting the humanist mentality project and the Ava's and the angels and all of this stuff. But we have a split here in production, right? So at the end of the anime, episode 25 and 26, they ran out of budget. So they had to make shit extra weird, extra abstract to convey the situation of Shinji and his like thinking brain living in everyone else's consciousness. And okay, that's the one thing about Evangelion is everything is really fucking weird. Just go with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Try to analyze things as it comes to you, but gotta keep it rolling because shit only gets weirder from here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But episode 25 and 26 were the wrap-up for the whole show. And it was an okay-ish wrap-up, but they weren't satisfied. It, so It definitely left a lot. Like, the OG 25 and 26 definitely let... It didn't, I would not have been satisfied. That was the ending. I will say that. Like, because it was just, like, it was literally, you only saw the ending from Shinji's perspective. Like, you didn't see anything else. Like, at the end, you just saw, like, the whole congratulations thing, and it was weird. Like, it wasn't any, it was too metaphorical. Like, it was too metaphorical for me. Like, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, certainly you, you lose out on the satisfaction of, like, comprehending what is going on. Like, yes, all of this is from Shinji's perspective. It's all about Shinji's decision. Which way will Shinji choose? Will he choose to live and be okay with the human instrumentality, living as a part of the singular human consciousness? Or will he reject that? Will he strive for individuality and the restoration of basic bitch humans like that's the question that's the quiet like the final question of evangelion but when you see the kind of crazy abstract art project shit it's like okay uh cool but what about giant robots yeah um which is why they turned around and made a movie of just episodes 25 and 26 from the outside perspective to wrap up the og you wind up with Eden, End of Evangelion, which you get to see the craziest shit of Asuka going berserk and fighting off fucking production, mass production model Avas. You get to see even crazier shit of like Gendo getting his arm absorbed and then Ray turning out to be Lilith and like absorbing the universe and. Also being naked half size of Earth, it was weird and wonderful. Yeah. And equally raises many questions. Yeah, you got to see her reject um Gendo, which was pretty dope. She's like, nah. Um that was also when you saw Best Girl, um, Masato do some weird shit. Um Yeah, she got capped and then was like, Shinji, I'm gonna die, so I'm gonna kiss you. And then by the way, we'll do the uh, other stuff later, Winky Face, as she thrust him into an elevator to never breathe another breath again. Yeah. Or did she Weird. because of the ending? We don't know. But, like, it's... No, I feel like... Okay. 
yeah, a bunch of questions. Like, I don't know the answer. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, okay, she dead. She was dead before they all became Tang. But who's to say? Because that's literally on my notes. I'm just like, um, but oh, I got to get to where before I say that. But um, no, so yeah, like Shinji, like everybody is going, like you said, everybody's living their best life, worst life, honestly. <laughs> um, there's all this stuff that's <laughs> happening. And then Shinji's like, yo, I got to like, I'm the only one who can stop this. And then Ray is like, yo, like, because Shinji's Ava is also, besides just being his mom, is like the first angel or some ish, right? Like it's, it's one of, it's something that's different than all the other Avas as well, besides just being like his mom. Um, I think that, I don't know. That's the big thing. I don't know. I know that um, Kawaru is the first angel. And then combining when he goes angel, because that's a thing. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll keep it moving because that's part of Evangelion. If you don't know something, just keep it rolling. Thanks. Um, there are plenty of questions that there probably are answers to. However, we just finished a huge binge of Evangelion content. We did. Which we, we can't possibly contain all of the answers right now in our brain. We can't. So all we know that at the end of everything, at the end of the OG, humans become Tang. Shinji is the only one that gets to make the decision about whether humans will stay Tang. And he decides that he desires the individuality with all of the pain and hurt and questioning of what another person thinks. That has value. So he chooses to live in the old world. And we wake up on the beach with Shinji and Asuka, and he's choking her out, and she's, like, disgusting, and it's a wrap. Yeah, which was really, really weird to me, that ending. Um, Just the very end. Like, there was a whole bunch of, like, symbolism of, like, Ray turning into this giant, like, head and all this other stuff. And then just the whole, like, I cannot put into words how crazy, like, that art and everything that happened was. It was a total mindfuck. Like, it was, it was like brain melting. It was so much imagery and sensory overload. And it was just like, what is happening? And Sinji to come back on the grass for that. And then you end up with a beach scene and, like... Yeah, him choking out Oscar was really weird to me at the end. Like, I don't understand why he did that. Like, I mean, there's a bunch of speculation. Like, because we saw in his his Tang dream, like he was choking out Oscar in like the house because Oscar like kept just being a bitch to him. Yeah, and he was like, "Just tell me what you want from me," and that's the big thing. Like, should you choke a woman? No, of course not. Yeah. Shinji was not okay. Yes, he was definitely like, no, not okay. No one ever told this man what to do, how to help, how to like comprehend things. And certainly we're dealing with a world where we have two 14-year-old children having to fight off giant monsters to save the universe. Like... You can't possibly be okay. But, like, I feel like it was possibly in the, like, in the final scene. Him trying to, like, realize 
was this another like vision or was this reality? Yeah. And when she reached up and caressed his like cheek, it's like, oh my God, this is real. And then when she called him disgusting, it was like her input on the universe again. Like her not trying to like not be murdered, but like her being like, you're a really fucked up kid. Yeah. Like the way I also saw that is like, like her caressing him is more so what like was the thing for me. And I was like, why? Because I can understand the like him choking her in that aspect of like, this is my way to see if like she will allow me or this is still like my universe. And but like and I even understood the disgusting because that's just like, you know, that's who you are. I was right. Blah, blah, blah. But the whole caressing of him was weird to me. Like, I didn't understand why she did that. I mean, maybe because she had feelings for him that she couldn't voice. And equally, maybe it was her like trying to see if she was back in the like in reality. Or if she was still in the collective consciousness. Yeah. Know? Like, I'm going to put my hand on your face and see if this is real. Yeah. And so now that we've talked about Shinji being, like, literally basically God at one point after creating the third impact, um, what I didn't understand why he didn't bring back Miss Masato. Like, but granted, well, I don't, we don't know if he did or not since we didn't see what happened post-Tang. I think that it wasn't really a decision of like resurrection, but more of a decision of now that everything is Tang, will you, the singular person who can choose whether Tang is complete or not, will you choose to seal the lock? Like, will you choose to like congeal the situation or will you rebel against the Tang? I don't think that that it's a possibility that he could simply make someone not dead anymore. Because we see her die before the human instrumentality project comes to fruition. Like, Misato dies getting him to Ava Unit 1. And yes, she does get tanged at some point, but I don't think it was her still being alive, but like her physical form that was done. Which is fair, yeah, because she did say Kari or Hikari or whatever his name is. Not Hikari or Kaji. Like, you know, she asked if she did the right thing if she was dying. So I will say that's um, agreeable. Um, and you did notice a lot of similarities between Hikari, Shinji, and his dad, Gendo. Like, towards the end, you see that they're both, like, you see that his dad is really... Like, you know, he says this stuff. He's like, I don't know how to love you and all this blah, blah, blah. And, like, you see that he was basically... Shinji could have turned out to be like him. Or they were basically similar. Yeah. Which is just so tragic that Gendo Wakari is worst dad. Yeah, and a bitch. But, you know, that goes hand in hand with being worst dad. So, yeah, that's basically, you know, Evangelion. Then... We get into the rebuild, which yeah was a whole journey, like a journey that should not be taken in a weekend. This journey should be <laughs> very far spending as at least the accurate time frames of the show. One year, then another year, then four years, then eight. That's 
<laughs> okay. Just because that's how it happened doesn't mean that's how it needs to happen. Certainly, I don't suggest you watch all of Neon Genesis Evangelion and then the rebuilds in one weekend. That is not advisable. It's not. Like, I literally feel physically sick, and it's kind of <laughs> great because I've never felt this from media before, but I'm like, wow, I am going to either not sleep at all or sleep like a baby tonight. Like, those are my two options. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna have extreme nightmares and anxiety or I'm gonna pass out and be like thank god it's over oh yeah that's exactly how you need to like feel about Evangelion so we wind up in 2007 the beginning so okay Beyond and Evangelion the show ends in like 1997 yes right that's the year it's at least released uh, 95 to 96 with the movie probably coming out in 97. Specifics are nebulous. Um, but 2007, we get the first rebuild movie. And it's the first in a series of four total films. Retelling the experience of Neon Genesis Evangelion with a different twist. Yeah, um, it has... The first movie is, like, almost super similar, except there's, like, a little few details on there. There's more of a um, relationship with Rei and Shinji, which I liked. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like the rebuilds were definitely... By the way, they were both created by the same person. Like, the original... Hideki um, Anno. Yes, Hideki Anno did the OG series and the rebuilds. So I feel, I feel like, and I don't, I, uh, I'm trying to say, I don't know if it's a fruits basket situation or not, because I, the OG was good, but like the rebuilds added things that I wanted and made it more understandable and cohesive to me. Minus 3.3. Um, but like, which is fair. One and two did a great job in, you know, four or 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time was just a much better ending for me in general. But going to the first one, it definitely felt like automatically, I feel like we're dealing with a different Shinji. Like this Shinji is not nearly as much of a bitch as the OG Shinji. In my opinion. I mean, I would argue differently. I, so personally, I mean, just based off the first movie. Right. Okay. Like breaking it down. Like, because overall, it's like even 50 50. Like, that was really one of my biggest complaints. Like, I hate watch the movies. I watched one and two. And I was like, I was going to message you. I was like, yo, I'm loving this Shinji, man. He's not a bitch. And then, like, in the 3 0, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> I spoke too soon. Like, here he is bitching it up. And like, so I would, I, so in the way I blocked this out in my mind is one point. 1.0, which, you know, the director's cuts and whatever, it's 1.11 and 2.22. The first two rebuild movies are just a retelling of the OG Evangelion up until the point where Shinji saves um, Rei. Like, big ol' kabloom, kablamo, Shinji makes his choice to save Rei. Because that's kind of how the things fall in line. There, there are a couple of differences. But, like, everything happens the same up until that point in the movies. No, one- I, I agree. There's just different changes in dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. when Shinji gets in the car with Miss Masato, he's not, like, 
timid and everything. He just kind of equally like talks to her. I mean, he he is totally timid. He is totally timid the entire way through. I mean, but also we're looking at like eye location. He's looking down. He he's very respectful, but not like giving his input. I mean, but he gives his input in like the 1.0, like right off the bat. Like like in in what thing, bro? He what tells thing? her Tell me. he's like, Oh, you're kinda she's like, You're kinda like timid and this and that and he's like, Yeah, but you're like kinda unhinged and like you know he's like say is that like a bad thing? He basically says, I am who I am. Like he takes ownership for what he is right off the bat in one point oh okay. opposed to like the beginning when he didn't. Like he was just like, I'm Shinji and yeah, I guess and yes ma'am, yes, 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 yes. In my opinion, I don't quite agree, but equally, I think that part of this may be that we only have 98 minutes of runtime to really experience Shinji being a little bitch, which is fair. He he can totally be a little bitch because it's like life circumstances, but it is what it is. You know, we instead of having 26 episodes of this shit, we have only 98 minutes to tell a whole last story. Yeah. So we get the the sprinklings of it, but we don't have to really live in it. Which well, is true. It's true. But yeah, the real swerve, the real swerve between the OG and the rebuild happens at movie number three. I mean, isn't Mari a huge swerve? I mean, her introduction is totally, but we don't really find out like anything about her until four point. <laughs> 3.0 plus 1.01. Yeah. Thrice upon a time. We don't really find out any information about her yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, but certainly her, inter- like an introduction of a new child, a new Ava pilot is like off the wall, random. What the fuck is going on here? Kind of questioning. Yeah. The fifth child, I think she was. No, she was the sixth child. She's a uh, Ava pilot. That's all that matters right now. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you're right. Like, 3.0 was a big swift. I will say, though, I do have to put in that, like, 2.0 did show me. I did like 2.0, like, because it felt more, like, it was definitely very different for Asuka. Like, there was a lot, like you said, we did see a lot less of everything, but also the introduction, like, Asuka, we didn't see, we didn't go and meet her on the naval ship. She, like, kind of just came in out of the sky and started fighting automatically. That's what we first saw. Like, we saw, like, Kaji was a completely, not, like, a completely different person, but he was definitely, like, his, like, he he was the same, but, like, his interaction with Masato was not as back and forth and up and down as it was during the OG series. And even, like, it just felt like more so of a, like... I liked the Asuka that we got in 2.0 more so than I liked the OG Asuka because she didn't seem as, like, just... It seemed like she was, like, the same, but it was a reason. And I liked how when she went to go slap Ray, Ray did not accept the slap. That was a huge difference, too. Like, Ray was very different than the OG Ray in the rebuilds. Definitely. Like, Definitely. Which I Ray, Ray's, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I really, I really appreciated that. And that was kind of the interesting part to really explore with the rebuilds is Ray Ayanami's character. Because, like, we get the introduction to her concept in the OG. 
And it's kind of like she's rebelling against the fact that she's a doll. But in the rebuilds, we get to see more information, especially in 3.33 plus 3.0 plus 1. Like the third and fourth movies, we really get a compounded story about Ray Ayanami, the character. Yeah. Who keeps like being replaced as Ray Ayanami's die. Yeah, no, it's it's really wild. Like but you were saying the big change came in 3.0. Certainly, because we wind up we open 3.0 and it's a bunch of shit we have no idea what's going on. Suddenly we're 14 years in the future. Everything's gone to shit and we're in Shinji's boat. We don't know a fucking thing about what's happening. Except suddenly we have to like be paying attention and learning on the fly. Yeah, like that 3.0 was the most confused I've been in a hot ass minute. Like, cause, and it was just meant to be confusing. So there was no, there's going to be no understanding it. But it was definitely, I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, what is happening? Like, we've got, cause, like, at the end of two, like, he saved Ray. He went, in and he broke the rules because he was like no i'm gonna go and i'm gonna save her opposed to what he did in the og like you said this is really the big bridging off point between the og and the rebuilds is that he didn't save well he went to go save ray he didn't let ray die or this ray die like he did in the ogs he didn't get assimilated into angel and then explode he reached inside the core and got her and which caused the you know third impact the third impact did happen in this so it's like that happens he just turns into like a god and then we just go into the third movie like then the third movie like you said we're just 14 years in the future and like what is happening and like they gotta wear collars and Oh, also, another huge difference in two, which we got to say, is there, like, Asuka was incapacitated, like, which didn't happen in the third one. Well, it did, but, like, differently, like, a lot differently. Yeah. Like, this Asuka was in a Ava unit that went psycho, which we still never find out why that Ava unit went psycho. That's the one thing I wanted to know. I wanted to know, like, what happened, like, if that was something, like, Gendo had planned him being like absolute scum, but we never really find out. I guess like the third, like Ava was always just going to go ballistic no matter what for one reason or another. But hey, I guess that's what happens when you have American ingenuity, Japan taking subtle jabs at us. So it goes crazy with Asuka in it, and Shinji has to like basically put Asuka in the dirt and he goes on this rampage and all that happens. So basically just sub. Like, the one dude for Asuka, and we're caught up again. And you know what? It was a whole deal. Along with the fourth movie, um, I had my kind of nitpicks about some stuff that was extra weird, but the fourth movie was an excellent kind of wind-up. It was a, a rounding off everything to do with Evangelion and the alternative story they're telling here. And... Like, I felt that, like, the battleships on strings was kind of really fucking weird. Yeah. 
and like out of place. But equally, you know what? Whatever, man. If we're fucking in here for weird, Hideki Ano, give me fucking weird, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, that was so like odd. And like the whole world being in red was odd too. Like, I didn't understand the third movie as much as I like to, but the fourth kind of just made it so you didn't really have to understand the third as long as you got like the basic things that happened. You know, that um, Masato, I believe that was his No, Masato. Is that the dude, Masato? The. Uh, Kaoru? Karu, yeah. Um, I only understood that Karu, Karu and Shinji had their differences in, well, differences, but Shinji chose to try and earn his father's acceptance by picking the two spears, like the spear of Longinus and the, well, they're both spears of Longinus. And I really liked, again, that symbolism of religion, of like the biblical stories of, you know, the spears, the three spears, um, how they played a role in these final two movies. Um, but yeah, Shinji trying to get acceptance and through trying to earn his dad's acceptance is basically doom in the world. And Asuka and Rey and him have to go on a journey to, you know, atone kind of for that. And which brings us into the fourth movie where, like you said, we got battleships on screens. We've got Mara or Miri, Marai. God, what's her name? Mari? Mari, yeah, we got Mari, who is on some very weird Ava-like type-ish, where she's using, like, a steering wheel configuration. Which... Yeah, man, <laughs> whipping that semi-Ava around. I was like, what is happening? But I'm kind of here for it, so okay. But yeah, we got yeah, man. Mari doing all this. We got um, the biggest thing, Masato in uh, Rek- uh, Ritsuko. Yeah, Ritsuko. Being in charge of like the anti nerve, which is like seal or what do they name it? Um, oh shit, I didn't remember. Vera or something like. Yeah, yeah. Vera. It's the complete yeah. opposite of nerve, so it's probably just nerve spelled backwards. But they're in charge of that, and like they've got the Ava pilots have collars on them now, like death collars. I'm I understand like what? Oh yeah, that's a thing. Which that never apparently. Th- okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. No, like whole ass death collars is a thing. So we we go through this whole experience where in the OG we find out that Kaoru is an angel, and Shinji's dilemma is Kaoru is the only one who has ever given him like personal, physical, caring attention. Except it turns out that he's an angel and wants to like murder humanity just because it's his job. So Shinji has to murder Kaoru with his own Evangelion hands. That's like a plot point. Yeah. And that kind of plot point about Shinji and Kaoru and their relationship and Kaoru having to die persists in the fourth movie, except Shinji doesn't pull the trigger. Shinji just watches Kaoru's blame go splat across the screen, which is kind like whole ass fucks him up for all of the fourth movie. Yeah. Until he progresses beyond uh, that trauma. And it's the collar that makes his explode. Like, I'm still trying. Yep. 
Yeah. So like that that collar blows up his whole ass head. So they make them wear the collars as insurance, like the death collars. Yeah, kind of sort of to make sure that like the the person in the cockpit controlling the Evangelion will not go berserk. Because if if the person dies, the Evangelion has no controller. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. So. Oh, also in the third movie, we find out that apparently, like, if you're a pilot, you no longer age because of the LCO fluid. Tang don't play, man. Like, at least that's the way I understood it. <laughs> because, again, like, the time skip is so confusing to me because Asuka is, it's been 14 years, but Asuka looks the same age and it's explained because of the LCO fluid or she's like, she sees Sinji and she's like, oh, you look the same too. Like, so I guess it's us pilots. And I'm just like, all right, I guess we're going with that. So that is exactly how you have to take that because they introduce um, Toji's sister, the one that gets hurt from. So back in the OG, Toji's sister gets hurt from uh, fucking Shinji being an Ava pilot and he punches him in the face at school. Yeah. So in in in, in uh, movie number three, we get the introduction of Sakura. Um, what's her bucket? Yeah, uh, Suzuhara, and it's exciting because that's the sister that got hurt and the reason that Shinji got punched. Yeah, and she's not like a child anymore. Yeah, it's very interesting to see like as time has progressed, and then we meet all these other new characters that I really don't give a crap about, um, honestly. Which is kind of fair. Yeah, I'm just like some dude who's like, yeah, we like we work for nerve. I'm like, yeah, you aren't glass dude, long haired dude, chick that's in love with a doctor. I don't care. Like, <laughs> those are still in here, yeah, but they are different roles, yeah. which is great. Yeah. So I'm like, like the bulky dude, and like all the other people are like, we tie our bandanas because of the day that I was like, yeah, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. And then the one dude had like eight bandanas on his arm. I was like, you okay? All right. You had a lot of friends, I guess. Yeah. Damn. Mr. Cool. Huh. <laughs> Sucks they all died. Yeah, sorry about your friends. But so yeah, so anyway, um let's uh let's kind of round this out. Yeah. Let's talk about the fourth movie and Ray's kind of story arc. So I really enjoyed Ray's story arc, which again I get so mad because if there's one thing that sure is what it's two things about Evangelion. Mechs are gonna fight. Ray's gonna die. So, like, bingo. So this movie, we get to see a new Ray because I'm again still confused. Like, if Shinji saved her, how she's a new Ray? But whatever. Okay, so so let's talk about that one moment. Okay, Ray is not real. Ray is in like a man manufactured Evangelion, apparently. Yeah. Who? Okay, holy shit. Here we go. Okay. I mean, I get Shinji's that. Shinji's mom. I, I get that. Sh- Shinji's mom, in her scientific experiments, became one. The soul that is embedded into Ava Unit 1. And also somehow involved with Gendo Ikari's desire for his wife not to be fucking dead and gone. So he made the... Dummy plug. What's her bucket? No, the dummy plug's a whole different thing. Oh, Ray? It's kind of, it's it's all involved. But yes, Ray Ayanami 
he made the Ayanami series of Evangelion slash clone bullshit. So, yes, Shinji, quote unquote, saved Rei Ayanami. But the Rei Ayanami we saw him save is dead. Doesn't exist. 14 years long gone. So this whole there is a new, literally did that for absolutely nothing. Which is the bullshit crazy part of Evangelion. Nothing matters. <laughs> um, except it's exciting. We have a new ray and a new experience. A blank slate to learn the wonders of life. Which was which really we get dope. to see. Yeah. So yeah, we get to see kind of a slice of life bullshit around the village. Which I really enjoyed that. It was like on some Disney-ish. Like, it was that we saw her ass, you know, and everybody was really accepting. They're like, oh, you're Ayanami. And she's like, I'm not. You know, I'm a blank slate. And so everybody call her, calls her Miss like Blank Slate. And she learns how to work in the village. You know, she sees, she follows um, Home Dude around, who's the doctor, which is um, Sakura's older brother. Who punched Shinji in the face? She follows him around. Yeah, Toji. Yeah, Toji. She follows Toji around because he's the village doctor, and they see you know life. They see that Toji has a newly born daughter with the class rep, which I was hyped that happened. I was like, thank you, because the first season mm-hmm. pissed me off with that. I was like, thank you, that paid off. So we see this Ray clone, Ray number three, we'll call her or whatever. Um, we see her start question things, and through questioning things, she finds answers. She finds, you know, what life is, like the simple moments in life. While Shinji's out here being a bitch on the ground, Ray's out here, <laughs> you know, finding her own way. And it's so beautiful. And I was like, yo, this is like, am... and I should have known because I was watching Evangelion. Yep. <laughs> I should have known. Yep. Um, Until... Ray's like, wait a minute, I'm going to have a seizure right quick, feeding this baby. Wait a minute, I can't live outside a nerve. Wait a minute. And then we get that scene. That scene where she applies everything she's learned to Shinji. Yes, and the note she's, first. I got to talk about the note that mm, she left the class with. Which, bro, I'm talking about feels. I was, I was done. I was emotionally sad when she left the note that said, hello, um, good not goodbye and good night. I was just like, yeah, man. Oh my god! I'm just like, I hated here so much. And then, like you said, yeah, yeah she goes to Shinji, and she's like, "Yo, Shinji, I can't be here. This is tragic. I want to, but uh, I know I can't." And he's like, yo, I, I can only think about one singular name when it comes to you, and that's Ayanami. He's like, oh, well, uh, thank you for having a thought about me, uh, K-Vi. And it turns into Tang, man. Mm-hmm. It turns into Tang. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I was so <laughs> emotionally upset. I was like, yo, why best girl got to turn into king? Well, okay. Best girl's are evil statement. She's not best girl. But she's like, she was best girl for those 30 minutes. And I was like, why? Yes. Why best girl last 30 minutes got to turn into king? But, and her sacrifice is not in vain because it is the catalyst to get Shinji to realize, yo, I'm a piece of crap. I need to just own up and go. So Shinji's like, yo. Well. And that's the big thing. It's not that I'm a piece of crap. It's that I have to do something. 
now that I can't just sit here and think I'm a piece of crap, that I now have to do something. So he does. He begins to start doing shit. Yes. And I'm I'm so happy that he does. You know, he's like, he goes and finds Oscar and his friend. And he's like, yo, I am going to go back. So he goes back. And, you know, I was kind of shocked because I don't know why I forgot he was a whole prisoner. Because, like, when she, like, shot him in the face, I was like, what? And. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he goes back as a prisoner and everything even though he has the option to stay in the village everybody's like yo you fought enough like you can stay here and this is the true turning point because he's like yo the whole time that i have been trying to escape piloting this ava that's what i'm going to go do so he goes back on board and then not before we find out like miss masato had a whole ass son that she abandoned like which you know probably for the best in the long run of things but there there are no good parents other than like toji yes toji only in this show toji is the only good parent like yes and she straight up named him like the exact like after her lover which i was just like <laughs> yeah man wow like trash relationship 100 percent. never liked it but so that's fucked up but that's your opinion <laughs> which is fine like <laughs> I mean, you you gotta tell me that wasn't a toxic relationship, like. Oh no, man! They were both about their careers, and like he was a secret agent, and like how much was he just using her? Yeah. And equally, how much was she just using him for like personal like escape? But that's human. I mean, yeah. In a in a show about human versus fuck humans, like give me your baggage. Let's explore this. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, like, she sees that, you know, home dude with the glasses, whose name I forgot once again, um, but Shinji's other friend mm. with the glasses gives a picture and some stuff to Asuka, like, oh, here, I need you to, like, distribute this stuff, so, um, Sakura gets to see her brother Toji, like, living life, being great with kids, and she starts breaking down crying, um, maybe she didn't know he wasn't alive, not really sure why, that she broke down and started crying at that moment, but hey, it's Evangelion, so I'll let it slide. And, it's probably that. And Miss Masato gets a picture of her two sons, because I don't care what anybody says, she was Shinji's mom. Like, oh yeah, and oh yeah, it was it was really beautiful to see. Like she had that picture, was able to see that picture of her two sons. You know, her son that she knew and her son that she didn't know that she actually birthed, and. She's like, okay, so I want to go see Shinji and do all this, but I can't. I got to keep being the boss. So they basically get ready to go down to Nerf HQ, which is like in the South Pole where the second impact happened. And this is where the hour-long fight scene starts, which is like super hype. Um... Like, we get to see the Zero Two unit, and God, I don't even know what Mario's unit is anymore. Like, eight through Bro, 12. It's like the eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, this whole fight scene is her just like adding Ava units to her own. Which was dope. It's a whole adventure. Which was dope. You know, we got to see more of Mario's character, too. Like, well, we got to see Mario's character in general. This is the only time we introduced her. So, 
Yeah, there's this huge fight, which is CG, which I saw a lot of people complaining about. And I'm like, shut up. Like, it is what it is. Like, it wasn't even bad. Like, it could have been so much worse. Yo, so my biggest hang-up with the CG was when we get into Shinji and his dad's fight. Yeah. Like, fighting through, through Tokyo 3. Like, that being a CG fight kind of was like, oh, okay. So this is what we're doing. Now it was mo-capped, which was cool. It was motion capture. So they had like real actors uh, actually fighting through the scene. But like uh, you could have done the OG 2D animation shit, which they get back to. They do. But like it kind of took me out because I'm prejudiced against like 3D animation as a, like, a shortcut. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So... But, um, yeah, so this is, like, epic fighting happens. Like, not to mention we get the white uniform, Asuka and Mari, which I'm here for. I'm here for. And this whole battle is happening. Um, just basically a fight scene. And then Shinji, like, the ship that they're on starts getting wrecked. And, like, they lose power and everything. And the director's like, yo. Or the vice director. Or whatever he's called. Yeah. Who, I forgot he was in the rebuild movies. I, I ain't gonna lie. That man ain't do nothing in the rebuilds. Like, <laughs> that man barely did anything in the OG. <laughs> but he was here for his boy Gendo. Which, you know what? That's gonna be me for you. When you decide to, like, murder humanity, I'll be your random director. Well, thank you. And I promise you, I won't hoe you like he did. Like, thank you. Because Gendo <laughs> hoed the heck out of that man. I was like, what is going on? Like... So, and that's another thing. Like, so, Evangelion has so many, like, small tidbits. Like, when Mari, like, breaks in there to the code or vice director's room, you see um, the vice director or vice captain with a picture. And Mari's in that picture of, like... Bro, he, he knows who she is. Yeah. He calls her by name. Yeah, and this is when you find out, kind of. You start putting two to two and two together, and it's like, yo, why does she like the LCL fluid so much? And why does she like this? And, like, I finally get to pilot a unit and all this. And you realize it's because she's as old as Gendo. Like, she's Shinji's mom's friend. And you're like, what? Like, she was one of the first people to use the LCL fluid? Okay. Like, I guess that makes sense, but Jesus. Like, so... You're like, okay, that's that's a thing that's happened. And yeah, man. so Mari's whole story is one weird ass adventure. Yeah, and apparently she's from the Mari's N64 buzz- game. That's where like her story is. Which I can see it. Yeah. Which I didn't play, so I don't I don't know anything about that. But yeah, so that's wild. And then Asuka turns into a whole angel. Which is also wild. Like, the last hour of this is just one giant brain, like, mush happening. Like, you're just getting so much information between these fight scenes, and you're just like, excuse me? So, yeah, you got Oscar being an angel. You got, um, there being a third spear. Not only a, so there's a second spear, and then there's a third spear, like, 20 minutes later. So you get the spear of, um... You got the spear of Long Giants, and then you got the spear of not able. Kun something something. Kun, yeah, Kun. Ah, we should know this. But anyway, you get these two other spears. Bro, 
This is the first time I've heard about the the second spear. Yeah, it's the one that like, Shinji they only just now introduced this. Yeah, like Shinji uses it. Um, once he gets the hold of the second spear, Longinus, Shinji uses it and reforms into something else. I want to say Gable, but that's fucking fate. <laughs> Stay night, and <laughs> it was not that. No, so it it's the spear of something that starts with a C, and then eventually they form the spear of like Gaia or something. Yeah, but. Yeah, so these spears do, they have really good, like, they have really good, like, lore to them. Like, they're the spears that, like, apparently God used to reshape things. Like, the Spear Longinus is the, the first one. Spear Cassius, that's what it is. So. Yep. And, like, the Spear of Longinus, I, I think, is the spear that pierced Christ's side on the cross. Yeah. Like, and then it's all, like, biblical references from here. Yeah, so you get the Spear of Cassius, which um, Shinji uses to fight his dad. And like you said, the worst CG fight to ever happen. Um, Well, not the worst. but Not the worst. Yeah, sorry. But it could have been better. Yeah, it could have been better. So that happens. And you find out that Shinji's dad is just a scared little boy. Um, And you're like, yeah, it's of course it is. Like... Of course, he's the same parallel to his dad. And Gendo is basically what would happen if Shinji never opened up and changed, which is such a powerful parallel. And you're like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Um, which we knew it was going to happen. Uh, so, like, Shinji and his dad have this, like, long talk because it's like you can't win this fight with violence. So they have to talk things out. And in talking, Shinji finds out that his dad is scared. And like much as Shinji is as well. And you see this whole fight happening. And while this fight's happening, best girl Masato is like, oh, he's got to destroy. Like both, both of the spears are going to get destroyed for this to happen. And she's like, we're going to need a third spear. Which we're gonna turn the ship into a third spear because we work miracles around here. So everybody evacuates and off the ship and everything. I'm like, no, well, not. I left out the part where like they start shooting everybody and Masato gets shot, but I was so happy because I was like, Masato's gonna live. What a <laughs> finally, what a point to leave off on. <laughs> like, hey, by the way. Fucking Miskato gets shot. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, everything's fine and well until fucking Misato gets capped by Toji's sister. Yeah, when he when she's trying to shoot Shinji, which you're like, okay, do you like Shinji or do you not like Shinji? Like, what are you doing? Like, and you find out she like hates and loves Shinji at the same time. So it's just kind of like a all right. Um, I, I guess, you know, and Masato being the G that she is, like takes the shot for Shinji and she's like, his, you know, crimes are basically my crimes. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, cause she's exhibiting a true, she's been the only parent to Shinji. Like his mom, don't get me wrong, has been protecting him and the robot and all that, but Shinji doesn't remember or know about that. That's just like a mother's love persevering, like some Gara type-ish, honestly. 
Now, I want to take 30 seconds and say that all of the third and fourth movie probably could have been avoided if you simply told Shinji what the fuck was going on when he woke up 14 years later. If you just told Shinji, hey, by the way, a bunch of crazy shit happened because you did what you wanted to, like I told you to do, um, and now we have to live in it. So don't do this because this. If someone just told Shinji what the fuck was going on, he wouldn't go, I don't know, tear out the two spears with the angel that's apparently his boyfriend and... None of this would have happened. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Like, this whole thing could have been avoided if communication had been used. And I think communication should have been used, but it was not. So, I agree 110% that it was a lack of communication which caused this crisis. And it was very dumb and could have been avoided. But, you know, for the sake of anime and all that, they did not happen. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Miss Masato's like, yo, like, Shinji, I'm coming, like... And she forms the third spear, the spear of Gaius, which is the spear of basically human will persevering, which I was like, wow, like a sacrifice. I really, I really like that. So that comes in and you find out that everything's happening with whatnot. And Shinji is, for lack of a better word, like winning the conversation between his dad and him and it all starts to go crap and Shinji's like I'm gonna rewrite the world and in this process you find that Asuka is a clone or like I guess a clone or a pastry just baby or whatever um but yeah she's Asuka is basically in the same boat as Rey. And at this point, I'm just like, yo, what? So Shinji was the only human pirating Ava besides Mari, I guess. So I'm just like, even the last 20 minutes of this movie, we still getting like thrown 50 feet to the left. Yeah, man. It, what a wild like adventure of Asuka's story. Because we get like a bunch of Asuka's getting like crossed out as the Asuka. And... Like, no, to find out that she's in the same boat of, like, manufacturing, like, children to pilot Ava's. Like, what happened with, like, Toji? How did Toji become the fourth child in the OG? Now, we didn't know that Asuka was, like, manufactured in the OG, so I, I, it didn't matter. But, like, no, totally. Like, them questions are the things that, like... Even Gellion leaves you with questions. It always does. It always makes you go, well, what about this? Or how did this work? Or, you know, what? Why? And it you know, it leaves you with those, and it will never answer them. And that is okay. Yeah, and it's just... It was so interesting to me, because I'm like, what's the point of her being a clone? Which it makes sense, but at the same time, it's just like, Why? Again, like you said, it's questions that are never going to get answered. So, yeah, that happens. And then from there, you know, we just kind of, like, Shinji rewrites the world to have no more Avas in it. He frees Asuka, like, telling her, hey, I liked you too. I appreciate it. And Asuka blushes on the beach 
when she comes back and turns to the left and it's Mari and she's like, take care of yourself. And Asuka disappears. And then you see um, home dude, the first angel, like having a conversation with Shinji. And he's like the he was like, yeah, I was selfish, too. You know, I didn't want I wanted you to be happy, thinking it would make me happy. And Shinji's like really matured for the first time in the series. He's like fully prepared to like just die and give up. It's like, yeah, well, not give up, but he's prepared to die for the people he loves and cares about. And he acknowledges Masato for, you know, I feel like he acknowledges Masato for being his family as he like says a prayer for her as he senses her dying. Yeah. As he gets that spear, he's like, yo, Masato, you died for this. Thank you. Yeah. And so that happens basically. And like, they just kind of rewrite the world and you know, Ray and home dude, the first angel, uh, Masato, not Masato, Jesus, um, not Karu. Is it Karu? Which the one? first angel, dude. Oh yeah, Karu. Yeah, Karu and Ray come back to life, which blows. This is the this is my thing. If they come back to life, why can't you bring Masato back to life? Because Karu was Cause, clearly dead. Because are you talking about like the ending ending? Yeah. Because it's another question. Like the same question you had about the OG. Like, is Misato alive? It's the same thing now. We do not have enough information. We simply get to see what they show us. And that is somehow Shinji's alive at a at a train station. And Mari is also alive and like playing coy and fun with Shinji. So I feel like they're a couple. I presumably they are. Yeah. Who knows? Like, and it's like many reasons. And let me tell you about this ending, bro. Like this ending, like was so good to me. Like just the ending itself. Like when one last kiss by Hikari Uta started playing, bro. Like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I was in it. I was like, this is the perfect ending. Like. It may have not been the perfect ending, but it made me hype enough to feel and say the words to myself. This was the perfect ending with Shinji and Mari, like being all cutesy towards each other and holding hands, and, like Shinji actually smiling and like walking down the stairs. And you see the hometown, like in the real world, happen in the music. I'm just like, yo, it's finally over. And that's when it hit. I was like, oh my gosh, what a what a ride, what an absolute ride. And yeah, that was that was the end of Evangelion. For real, like the final, presumably last piece of Evangelion we're gonna get, and like for me, it ends on the same kind of vibe. It leaves you with enough to be satisfied, but not enough where you continue to ask questions and. That's okay. That's the exciting part about Neon Genesis Evangelion. A hundred percent. Like it was it's a ride and it's wild and I will always love it. It's a true masterpiece, you know. It's one of the it's one of the greats and 
it's even the rebuilds i feel like the rebuilds were really good like because they tied into the og story of like is it a time loop like what's going on there's so much interpretation and that's what i really really enjoy about evangelion like i enjoy the relationships i enjoy the humanity displayed into it and the music like the sound direction everything like not to mention the animation like it just hit especially with the rebuilds and like yeah 25 years you know like plus now was it like 20 24 no wait 28 i gotta do my math right yeah no 24 um a bunch of years man and i i don't know if we're gonna see any more but you know what both both are pretty much masterpieces i don't know if you could walk walk into the rebuilds and know what's going on without having seen the og but as like an addendum as a continuation like certain i know all of evangelion and you're giving me more evangelion it's kind of different oh shit that's exactly what i want so yeah there is nothing that i can really compare this to as an adventure i agree like you know the only thing i can compare well i did have an initial thought of the rebuilds i compare them to heaven's field the heaven fields movies but you haven't seen those so yeah. but it left i get go ahead i in tone for the uh, fate series i can kind of i can kind of see that but certainly, like, where did the Fate series feel the vibe that they could achieve such things as as this? Like, from Evangelion. But kind of enlighten me as much as you can about the, the correlation. Yeah, so in Heavensfield, like, just not the whole Fate series, but just the Heavensfield movies. It's three movies, and it has that same kind of vibe of, you know, there's no right or wrong there's a choice that has to be made by a character and the end is left so open-ended like you don't get it's not something that everybody can walk away and be like i'm satisfied like my ship sailed or my this happened it's left up to interpretation and it's so it's really it's just these two are the only things that just have like that form of beauty like i would it's like i can't not like it's so hard to put into words, but basically it's not something you can dissect or right or wrong. And it's so hard to put like a number on tour wise. I can just say they're both masterpieces in their own right, but they have kind of like a similar vibe. I feel like when you watch the Heavensfield movies, you will somewhat think of the end of Evangelion because I thought of the end of Heavensfield as I finished this movie because of like basically the last scene and that's like really all i can say because i don't want to like spoil it for you because i want you to go in with that like sure same vibe and there's just like it's again it's the questions not being answered like it's not the definite this is what happened sure and like the fate series is totally all about like alternative storyline yeah so uh no and, and kind of leaving you with like a twinge of question in your mouth like totally is is an exciting part of the storytelling that they do which i feel 100 percent. and you know what i'm glad that we took the time and it was the right time to do neon genesis evangelion we talked for about a damn near an hour and a half yeah kind of off the cuff 
but with plenty of weeaboo experience to bring to the table. And I don't think we could do it more justice otherwise. I agree. Fantastic. Fantastic masterpiece of this Evangelion, like Neon Genesis Evangelion. Got to put the respect on the name. Um, you definitely need to watch it. If you went through this whole past podcast and didn't watch it, what are you doing, first of all? <laughs> but definitely. I hope we enticed you with an hour and a half worth of content to go at least watch some of it. <laughs> yeah. But like Masato, Waifu, best girl in the series. Um, You're right. Like I'm glad you chose right. Like <laughs> just like I love her so much. Um I'm gonna see if I can find a figure of her, but probably not because they're hard as shit to find. But we're gonna see. Nah, man, you you gonna find what you're looking. Cause for. She's got to be next, especially after the run that she gave this movie. Like, just so much love her. Oh yeah. But uh, that's a wrap. At least our wrap for Neon Genesis Evangelion. You can catch the podcast on all the podcasters. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast, which is always blowing up, just like Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01. Streaming on Amazon Prime, um, or your uh, your Twitters at your TSB. That's U R T S B. Kai, you got information too? Yeah, you can find me at Static Dreads with a Z, um, because I'm cool. And yeah, stick around and see how things go in the world. Yep, and you can catch the other podcast too at Content Breaker on all your podcasts as well. We'll catch y'all next week for more your typical Shona protagonist.